Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, and one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time, Bully Ray and I talk all about Monday Night Raw, Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins, Asuka with Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch waiting in the wings before Hell in a Cell coming up this Sunday. Also, the Judgment Day and what can we expect from them come Hell in a Cell. And we also lost a legend that we get into with Bully and that is Tarzan Goto. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. The Bear made its presence felt again this morning. I looked out the window of my bedroom, and right outside the window was the bear. What was he doing? He's peeking in? Like I, I, I couldn't even walk the dog. Like I, I had to wait to walk. I was banging on the windows. Like I opened up the windows. Like, bear, get out of here, bear. And the bear just like chilling right by the, the side door of my house. So, yeah, bear interaction very early on a Tuesday morning, bully. Are you seeing a lot more of bears lately? Oh, yeah. Every pretty much on a daily basis now, bully. Do the bears ever come over on Monday night and ask to watch Raw with you? <laughs> well, that's the one thing that keeps them away. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to watch Monday Night Snore. The, the, <laughs> I mean, I thought I thought last night was a good show. So did I. I'm kidding. Well, sometimes yeah, last night was a good that. show. I'm sure we're going to talk no, all about it was today. A, yes, we are. Uh, it was a good go-home show for what we're going to see at Hell in a Cell on Sunday, Bully. Much like uh, much like uh, a couple of the placement of matches that I was talking about yesterday with Double or Nothing, I had an issue with some of the placement of segments last night. Like, I think we could agree right off the bat um, – and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you, you you think something different, but I believe that the best segment last night was Cody and Seth Rollins, right? Yes. As of right now, it looks like Cody and Seth Rollins will be the main event at hell in a cell. It should be. I mean, is there any other match that really has you as invested as that one does? No, I'm, I'm pulling up right now. The card, uh, the official card right now uh, for hell in a cell uh, obviously, uh, what we're going to see with Seth and Cody, to me, if it's not the main event, it should be because it's the best thing that's going on 
on Monday Night Raw right now leading into this paper boot. But here are your confirmed matches so far. You got Austin Theory, United States champion, going up against Ali. You got Ezekiel going up against Kevin Owens, which actually should be a pretty fun match on Sunday. You got Bobby Lashley versus Omos and MVP in a handicap match. Uh, Bianca Belair, Asuka, and Becky Lynch, which could be, I guess, the main event uh, on Sunday. And then you have the six-person mixed tag match with Finn Balor, AJ Styles, and Liv Morgan uh, against the Judgment Day. Those are your confirmed matches for Sunday so far. I'm sure that will change come Friday on SmackDown. The Women's World Championship, just because it is a world championship, um, should go on last. But the build, go ahead. No, you know what? I'm going to give either further proof why Cody and Seth should be the main event because I think that is the only Hell in a Cell match that we're going to see at Hell in a Cell. So that should be your main event. So because that is the only uh, Hell in a Cell match and the spectacle of Hell in a Cell and the fact that the pay-per-view is called Hell in a Cell is probably why that will go on uh, last. Plus, there's been more of a build or more of a tangible real build for Cody and Seth than there has been for the ladies. Uh, I'm def- Last night, Cody and Seth's segment was excellent. Really, really well done, executed. You know, I've, I've talked on the show about how I have not necessarily a problem, but I don't like to see Cody all prettied up in his suits, almost like he looks too polished and too perfect. I love the fact that he was willing to get into a brawl last night with his suit on. The suit came undone. I think for the first time it lent um, not credibility, but like like I enjoyed him seeing him in a suit just for the simple fact that it got kind of ripped off and it showed that Cody can look like the sharp dressed man, but get down and dirty and scrap with just about anybody else in the WWE. So I thought the segment came out great. Uh, This is awesome chant at the end. Uh, Imagine they would have went off the air with that as opposed to, you know, Bobby and almost which and we'll get into this was almost the exact opposite yeah. of what Cody and Seth was very, you flat. know, you, you know, at, at the end of Bobby and Seth, here's Bobby. Who's like jacked to the nines, throwing a table out of the way. And then here's almost who's six foot, you know, 900 and, you know, throwing chairs out of the way and they're stammering around like giant baby men, not willing to fight each other. Like I couldn't understand why almost was just throwing furniture around as a, as opposed to just going after Bobby Lashley. Like, why would you, and like he, he threw the first chair out of the ring. Then he walks over to almost like Bobby's side of the ring to pick up and throw out the other chair on the other side of the ring. Why are you guys not fighting? And I don't believe that any amount of security could have held them back, especially almost. I know they cleared the ring and everything like that, but man, I would have liked to see those guys go right after each other, just like Seth and Cody did. And they were like with, with intent, you know, and and this is something that Cody didn't necessarily do that long ago, but he did last night. A lot of times with Cody, when you would see him run into the ring, either to save another wrestler or, or with the intent to fight, He would do moves. One thing I've noticed now with Cody, especially since coming back to the WWE, when those type of situations happen, Bully, it's fist flying. That's what I really loved about what I saw last night. 
I was thinking of you, Bully, during the promo because you were saying that sometimes he uses certain types of verbiage that might not be connecting with the WWE universe. But what happened as that went on? It got more and more real, and the verbiage changed. And like you said, with the suit looking prim and proper, that was not the case because by the end of that segment, the tie was ripped off, the shirt was ripped apart, the jack was jacket was half off. Like, I love seeing that from Cody Rhodes last night. Yes, I, 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 I totally agree. The suit getting ripped off uh, made it for me. Uh, talking about the fight, too, entirely too many wrestlers get into this spot mode when uh, fights break out, when physicality breaks out. Dave, you get into a bar fight, you're throwing fists, yeah. you're kicking, you're picking up a bottle, you're trying to crack it over somebody's head. You're not doing a spot in a bar fight. You're not doing a spot in a street fight. It's all about your fist connecting with somebody's face. You know, you'll never, you never saw Dusty do a spot in the middle of a fight. Go back and watch any of that old stupid old school stuff like Lawler, Dundee, Funk, Dusty, NWA back in the 80s. Those guys weren't doing moves in the midst of their emotional fights and their emotional battles. It was all about the fists and the fists. How hard I could throw my fist and how hard I could look at you with my face because this is where we make our money in the face. Think of Arn and Tully and Rick um, or, or Sting beating his chest. All those guys, no spots. And I think like last night, remember when I know we're jumping over, jumping here a bit, but like when um, Cedric came running in the ring, right, to chop down Bobby Lashley, Cedric hits the ring and then he goes to do some springboard move. Why would yeah. you be doing some kind of springboardy move on Bobby Lashley? Why if you chop blocked him, which didn't seem to be effective at all, and Bobby completely didn't sell it? Like that, that's the way to take down a big man is to chop block him. It didn't work. Why not stay on him? Why are you hitting the ropes to do a spot? Never understood it. Never liked it. Unless you're trying to hit your finish, it makes no sense. Yeah, and even last night, too, when when Omos was trying to set up the table in the corner of the ring to put Lashley through it, why is Omos doing that? Like, MVP is cheering him on as he's going to get the table and setting the table. That should be MVP doing that while Omos is beaten on Lashley in order to put him through that table. It seemed very, very odd to me. And it felt, Bully watching that, like it took forever. You know, there's there's Lashley hanging on that bottom rope as, like, Omos is picking up that table, putting it in the, in the ring and, and setting it up to put Omos through. And, and MVP is just standing there. That should have been MVP doing that. Omar should have been punching Lashley as MVP was setting that up. And then you try to put Lashley through that table. Not only did it seem like it took forever. I don't know if you happen to notice what time they went off the air last night. I didn't. They went off at 1101 Eastern. They ran a minute heavy. It looked like they don't run heavy anymore. They don't go over the 11 o'clock hour. They stop right on the button. So that segment, I think, went over just by a little bit. But I agree. Whenever you have somebody else out there, you can have them doing the dirty work while Omos should have been pounding on Lashley. It would have lent more credibility to Lashley, you know, um, get, getting out of it and and almost going through, uh, you know, being able to spear almost through the table. Yep. You could have had that, the visual of almost just choking Lashley in the corner while MVP is sliding in the table. This is the connecting of the dots. I wish the producers and everything would have paid more attention to this. 
but it wasn't done. So I know we're jumping around with different things here, but they all kind of they all kind of play into one another. The Cody and Seth brawl done the right way. The almost and Bobby Lashley way done in a way that lacked for me and and could have been definitely done in a, in a in a in a way that would have gotten me more excited for the pay-per-view, especially because it's a handicap match. Especially because it's a handicap match. But I think it does make sense that we're talking about both these things, Bully, because the original point that you were making is that you would have ended with Cody and Seth. I would probably feel a lot different about Monday Night Raw today if it did finish with Cody and Seth. The end of that show to me was very, very flat because of the way it ended. If you ended with fists flying, with Cody and Seth being dragged by security out of that ring, I would have felt a lot different about that show because Cody and Seth starting the show, great way to start, hot way to start, but it gets lost after a three-hour show. And you always remember the finish more than anything else, especially a three-hour show like Monday Night Raw. Another thing about sticking uh, um, about them, maybe they didn't, end with Cody and Seth because that Cody count the Cody countdown has been going so well. Now just refresh my memory. Did they do it last night? They didn't because they started, you know, near the start. The, they, That's they right. It, start, it opened up the show. They didn't so that start what, with the show. They started with Becky, but it was near the beginning of the show. They started with Becky Lynch, but they actually had the clock for the contract signing. That's what they had the clock for. No, I'm nope. sorry. What? No, it was they for, had the clock uh, for a for match. match. I remember it was, was for the, the match tag team. It, it was for the yeah, tag was, team match. It was for the tag match. Yeah. So they did it. They didn't have the Cody clock, but they did have the clock last night on Raw. Um, it, it, I, I just don't know if people, if you would have did the Cody clock last night, if if Cody and Seth would have been last, and you would have done the Cody clock last night and said Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins are coming up at uh, you know, ten forty five Eastern or whatever it was. People might have been like, oh, I'm not waiting that long for it. Maybe that's why they didn't do it. Maybe that's why they got it out of the way early. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, Bully, because obviously I I love Cody, and I'm going to tune in just for Cody Rhodes at times. But we saw a pop in the rating in the last hour, and I'm not talking about the rating. I'm talking about there's just seems to be something that's more visible for that third hour because – We're used to seeing people kind of tune out during the course of Monday Night Raw. Not the case with the Cody clock. So I'm interested to see if that happens, that they didn't have the Cody clock. Because to me, this is just my personal opinion, Bully. I think Cody and Seth is the best thing going on Monday Night Raw. It's not the only thing, but to me, it's the best thing that's going on Monday Night Raw is Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. Last night, they reeled me in even more. I think last week I went on social media and I said, slowly but surely, Cody is winning them over. Last night was another step forward. Uh, We know what we get from Seth Rollins. And I like the way Seth talked about, and he never mentioned AEW or anything like that, but he was kind of insinuating, you know, that Cody... You know, uh, he, he couldn't get the job done in the WWE when he was first there. Then he had to run off and come back and all, all those things. That they mentioned Seth the sledgehammer in the throne, too, last yeah. night in the promo as well. So all of these things that he was talking about, I like the fact that they were res- re- referencing history without exactly naming names. And w- whenever you do that, 
you get me invested and I love the fight last night and I love the fight because they broke them up. They kept fighting. They kept going fists flying commentary did a great job with it. And the fact that they weren't trying to hit wrestling moves meant the world. Yeah. And it's the best thing going. And I can't wait for that matchup on Sunday at hell in a cell. That's something that definitely made sense to me last night. There were some things that happened last night that didn't make any sense at all. We'll get into that. Plus we had a passing of, to me, a legend. Uh, I want to make sure that I get this in before we take our break, Bully. And I know we might take this segment a little bit longer because of it. Because I don't want to use it as a tease to tune into another segment. Because I, we, we lost somebody that I know meant a lot to you uh, in, in, in a passing yesterday, Bully. Well, uh, yesterday we lost uh, Japanese legend Tarzan Goto. Yep. Um, Tarzan Goto was probably one of the first guys to do death matches, I believe. And, and Tommy knows uh, Goto's history uh, a lot better than I do. But he was involved in all those hardcore death matches back in the day, I believe, you know, with the original Sheik, Sabu's uncle, and um, um, I, I believe Onita. Oh, he had and, those and a Pogo. Of exp- Yeah, he had a series of exploding barbed wire death matches with Onita. So the my story about Tarzan Goto, and, and this was crazy, Dave, because it was my first tour of Japan in, I believe it was 1997. And I think it was a co-promote, IWA and ECW in Japan. And there was a poster of it on social media uh, yesterday. And I was in my original tie-dye with the glasses and the tie-dye hat on. So I get to Japan and it was a big deal for me to even be invited over there to go with, I think Dreamer was there and Sandman was there and Funk was there and the Eliminators, uh, John Cronus and Perry Saturn were there. God rest John Cronus' soul. Um, So it was a huge deal for me to be able to go there as a singles guy. Uh, Me and Devon weren't together at this time. So we get there and I remember I had one match with like a younger Japanese guy. I I believe I was in a three-way match with Funk and, and, and Sandman, which was a big deal. And then on the third night, which was in Corrigan Hall, and anybody knows anything about Corrigan Hall in Japan knows it's basically the Madison Square Garden of professional wrestling in Japan. It's the most legendary arena. Yeah, the Tokyo Dome is a huge place where New Japan runs uh, Wrestle Kingdom and everything. And it's a, you know, 70,000 seat arena. But Corrigan Hall, which only holds about 3,000 people, is the legendary arena where everybody goes through. Whether it's All Japan, New Japan, NOAA, any of the companies that ever ran in Japan all worked Corrigan Hall, even the smaller companies. So that night, our last night of the tour, Corrigan Hall, Tarzan Goto is defending, I believe, the IWA Heavyweight Championship. But for whatever reason, the guy that he had to wrestle against could not perform that night. And they put me in the main event against Tarzan Goto. And Dave, I was terrified. Never been to Japan. Never worked in Corrigan Hall. And now I have to wrestle this deathmatch legend whose forehead is all scarred up from all the gig marks and all the wars that he's been in big thick dude and i'll just remember and i remember guys like perry saturn telling me he's going to test you right off the bat 
He's going to lay into you right off the bat. He's most likely going to stiff you right off the bat. You have to give it back to him right away. It is the only way you'll earn respect over here. And Dave, I'll be damned. We, we, you know, we started that match off and he was laying into me. He was just potatoing me left and right, just stiffing me. And I gave it right back to him. And then he went, okay, okay. And, and that was it. And, and we, and we, and we got through the match and it was okay. I did one of my, I did my, one of my 402 pound topes over the top rope onto him on the floor. Um, and, and, you know, we finished the match. Obviously he went over. Uh, thanks Paul. It was August 11th of 1996. Wow. wow. Before it, I said 97, 96. So yeah, that's my memory of Tarzan Goto. And I, and I did enjoy working with him and I'm sorry to hear that he passed away and um, you know, God bless him, his family, his friends. I'm sure Tommy's going to have some more stories about, uh, about him tomorrow. Do you have any stories about him? Do just, you re- remember watching from, him perform? Just from my tape trading days in, in the late nineties, those, you know, those death matches with Onita FMW. And I have so many different collections of, you know, compilation matches with him and Onita. Uh, I posted a video of him and McFoley uh, from IWA as well. Uh, I, listen, I, I, I was fascinated with that. We talked about it before the exploding barbed wire death match in AEW, uh, where there was no explosion, uh, no kaboom. But, you know, we talked a Where's lot about... Where's the kaboom? There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. We talked a lot about those exploding barbed wire death matches in Japan where they would draw, you know, 30, 35, 40,000 people uh, for those matches, Bully. Uh, and, and and as you're telling that story, and thank you for sharing that story, I'm trying to be in that mindset of what you must have been going through. You know, traveling to Japan for the first time. You know, you know, wrestling in such a such a a, a memorable you know forum like Corrigan Hall, and then wrestling with somebody where it must have been difficult to communicate. Yes. I mean, no, n- not no, because most Japanese wrestlers understand. English very well and can communicate with the English guys, but they keep it under wraps very well also. Uh, so, and, and when you do have the rare occasion where there is a, a communication breakdown just because of a language barrier, you always have somebody there with you to, to, you know, to, uh, to, to translate, but I, I don't remember there being much of a communication problem with Goto. But, uh, but tremendous memory. Thank you so much for sharing it. Hear what's happening around the globe on World of Basketball. Mirren Fader, she wrote a New York Times bestseller called Giannis, The Improbable Rise of an NBA MVP. Sometimes Giannis wouldn't eat his first meal till 11 p.m., but he also was happy. Like, both things are true because you don't know any different. That's just your reality. New episodes of World of Basketball, hosted by Fran Fraschilla, are released Thursdays on the SiriusXM app and wherever you get your podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. That's mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. You know, don't look that much further than Asuka and Bianca Belair. Even though it was a non-title match, I think that's definitely a main event caliber match for Monday Night Raw. And I said before the break, things that didn't make sense to me. But maybe it makes sense to your Hall of Fame brain, Bully. But why would you put a match like Asuka and Bianca Belair, a non-title match, before a pay-per-view, and have Asuka lose? Am I missing something from last night, Bully? I think the answer is pretty obvious. Oh boy, here we go. What's the answer? No, I'm, 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 and after being on the air for me for more than five years, I think you would have realized this by now. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess. Okay, and it's one word. It's one word because. Ding, ding, ding! <laughs> circle gets the square. Johnny, tell him what he's won. But but because. think about it, bully. I mean, but yeah, but why? I mean, I get you because. What do you mean, why? Why not? Why? Why? Why, why I mean, not? You're, you're uh, setting exactly, up. Boss, why not? That's a great answer, boss. I fucking Dave LaCracker. He doesn't know shit from Shinola. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And then and then goes off. The creative writer goes off and gets his juice box from the other room. But but bully, let me ask you seriously, why? You have a triple threat match coming up on Sunday at Hell in a Cell with Asuka, Bianca Belair, and Becky. Asuka has just come back. And, I, you know, I, I'm going to say this, and, and I love Asuka. You know that. I think it's been kind of flat with Asuka because we're not getting the aggressive Asuka that we wanted to get. You know, we're kind of getting that dancing, singing, you know, Asuka that just doesn't connect with me. 
And then you have her in a match that's a non-title match. It's a non-title match. To me, the goal here is to make Asuka look strong to buy in that she could possibly win this match on Sunday. And instead, you have her lose to Bianca Belair. And actually, and then as soon as the match is over, become an afterthought because then Becky storms the ring and attacks Bianca. I didn't understand the match or that segment at all last night. Either they don't care about Asuka right now or Asuka is going over at the pay-per-view. Well, if Asuka goes over on the pay-per-view, then we'll have a different conversation on Monday after the pay-per-view. But I don't think that's going to happen at Hell in a Cell. Dave, this is a way to get all three women on TV one week before the cell, right? We're one week out from the cell? Yes, the, the Hell in a Cell is on Sunday. There you go. Uh, it's a way to get all three women on and just progress the story forward. Now, it is a high-profile match. We talked at the beginning of the show that it could be the main event because the world, a women's world championship is involved. Asuka, since she has come back, I agree with you. I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of this version of Asuka. This version of Asuka, I guess, plays more to the kids. Sports entertainment, WWE is for families. How about we were talking about the flick, the, the, the finger flick that first night she came back, right? Yeah. And I was like, that was one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. People on social media like, oh, bully doesn't get it. Well, what don't I get, folks? Where has been, where's the finger flick been lately? Has she been doing it? No, they, Why not? Becky, they've referenced it, but they, she hasn't done it. Like it's just, it, it makes as little sense as what they did last night, but what they did last night is they paraded all three women out there. It provides, uh, it provides WWE to, to fill time on the segment. Why would you beat Oscar last night? Like, give me a good reason. Well, we're beating her. Because we're going to put her over. That's old school 101. That's why they're going to beat her. Beat them right before the big win. Yeah. You, you want a real reason? There's your real reason. This has been going on forever. Beat them, beat them, beat them before their real win. Now, if, if we're going uh, uh, to, same vein, does that mean Mustafa Ali is going over, over um, uh, Austin, uh, Austin Theory? Theory? Because they've been beating him like crazy, verbally, physically, back, front, sides. I mean, he just doesn't win. And we'll get into that because there's a lot to get into with that match from Monday Night Raw last night. I wasn't jumping around. I just wanted to apply the theory of why they beat you. Beat them because we're going to put them over. So people are going to be, you know, might be saying, well, they've been beating down Ali for so long. Are they going to put him over also? Well, we shall see. And and Bully, like... I just thought, especially since that match was like thrown in the middle of the show, it wasn't a main event match. It was a non-title match. You have the pay-per-view match coming up on Sunday. That seemed like custom fit that Becky's going to storm that ring at some point during the match, and it's going to be a no contest. Then you could have a brawl with all three, and that's a perfect way to set up what we're going to see on Sunday. But for Bianca to get the win, it just... It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Now, here's the thing, Bully. I'll be shocked, shocked, if on Monday we come on the air and we're not talking glowingly about that match or the pay-per-view. One thing that the WWE does right, they do their pay-per-views right. We usually love love them when we're talking about them on a Monday morning. But, man, they do frustrate me at times towards the buildup. Because I got to be honest with you, 
Bianca Belair, I think, has done a great job. I think there's emotional investment in Bianca Belair. When it comes to Asuka and Becky, and listen, we're opening up phone calls next segment. So maybe if people feel differently, come on the air and tell me I'm wrong. But I have no, I mean zero, emotional connection with Asuka right now or Becky Lynch. Think about what they did for Seth and Cody last night. Even think about what they did for almost and Bobby Lashley last night. At least there was a plan to escalate, escalate the feud. I didn't like the execution. And I thought there was a bunch of stuff that didn't make sense with Lashley and almost, but at least there was something there to take a step forward. We could have done the same thing with those three women. If you would have given me a carbon copy of what they did with Seth, and Cody with those three women last night, massive brawl with the entire locker room, empty out baby faces, empty out heels, referees, agents. They, they, they couldn't separate these women. I would have been totally fine with that also. But we got a match that really meant nothing. Beating Asuka, who has really not meant that much since she's come back. What step forward did they take? I, I agree with you, Dave. I don't like it when stuff is done just for the sake of putting it out there and filling TV time. So let me ask you this. What would have made more sense to you last night? I would either have had that match, and then, like I said, Becky stormed the ring before the match is over, and then you just have the three of them beating the hell out of each other, have a pull-apart like you just said, like, you know, follow what we saw with Seth and Cody, and now I'm, now I'm Jones. Now I'm invested in that match. Or you have something similar where, yeah, you start off the show with Becky Lynch, right? And this is where you could have Becky Lynch start off the show and Cody Seth end the show if you would have done Becky Lynch the right way. Have Becky Lynch start the show, Bianca and Asuka come out, and then there'd be physicality between the three of them. And then yet sets up the match for what we're going to see on Sunday. But I just don't get having the match, like you said, just for the sake of having the match and having Oscar lose just to fill time on Monday night. Didn't Bianca lose last week? Didn't Bianca, Bianca have a match last week where she lost? Did Becky pin her last week? I have to go back and check. I wasn't on last week, so I have to go go back and check. But I a couple of weeks I, ago, Bian- there was Bianca lost a match, and people were complaining about, "Oh, look, they're burying Bianca already." So they gave Bianca a win back last night. I'm telling you, you know what? You are right. I believe you are right. I think that is a 50 50, uh, probably a scenario of 50 50 booking on Monday Night Raw. But again, bully, 50 50 booking? Nobody wins with 50 50 booking. WWE reports about a $250 million quarterly dividend every single quarter. So why doesn't 50 50 booking work? I mean, if, if you want to throw out numbers, you can throw out numbers. My but I'm point just saying, is this. Like, They've been doing 50-50 booking for a long time, and fans of wrestling don't like 50-50 booking. But the WWE still makes money. So they're still going to do their creative and their booking the way they want it. I'm not – I don't disagree with you. I hate the fact that somebody wins this week and then that same person loses the very following week. It doesn't allow you to truly get into them. And look at what happens when the WWE does get behind somebody. Look at what's happening like a young guy, like an Austin Theory. Look at what's happening with a guy like Roman Reigns. When they truly get behind you and they don't apply 50-50 booking to you, things get over. Oh, yeah. And, and, and Bully, think about this conversation we're having right now. Like you're saying, didn't Bianca 
last week or two weeks ago get pinned? Like, if if a champion is getting pinned, we should know that, right? If Roman Reigns is getting pinned, we're gonna know. We're gonna we're gonna give the exact date of when Roman Reigns gets pinned. But that's problem right now. I think with the women's division overall in the WWE, whether it's getting locked in the closet on SmackDown or or catting this back and forth on Monday Night Raw, like they need to treat the women's division like they did three or four years ago. Because believe me, bully, if they do that, there's going to be a lot more emotional investment in Becky, Asuka, and Bianca Belair. Dave, you can you can scream until the cows come home. They only invest when they want to invest. And they are investing in these three ladies. These ladies take up a lot of TV time. These ladies are very good at what they do. I enjoy Bianca. I Listen, we don't, we're not in love with heel Becky, but it is what it is. Okay? And, um, and uh, you know, Asuka, since she's come back, same version of Asuka. But we all res- we still respect these three ladies. It's cre- it's what's cre- creative is handing them. Yes, I don't I don't agree with it. Um, I would have done last night. Like I said, I would have done a massive brawl and a massive pull apart with all of them. There's no reason to beat anybody going into the pay per view. But if you need an answer other than because they normally beat you because they want to put you over. Well, we'll see, and I'm sure we will not be disappointed in that match come Sunday. And again, to creative. Put the juice box down and think of something a little bit better as we're getting closer to Hell in a Cell. 877-344-4893. And also, too, Bully, I got I, I to gotta, I gotta come back to you on this one. I don't think screaming makes the cows come home. So I could scream at the top of my lungs all I want. The cows ain't coming home. Cows are not coming home. Just You've been screaming. Me. Fans have been screaming. People have been screaming about WWE creative and the booking forever. It doesn't matter. They're not going to change their ways. Their numbers are what they are. They have a proven way. They make money every quarter. They do. That is true. You, you, you brought up yesterday that, oh, the WWE's ratings are down too and all that. Okay, but the money, that's But fine. I also made the point that the money is coming in. And, and again, I'll be screaming and the cows ain't coming home. No cows are coming home. The three orchard. Now, earlier on, you're asking me why they did the whole thing with Besh, Becky um oscar and bianca and i said because and i gave you all these outside of the box reasons yada yada last night why uh they had live go over on Rhea was actually a little bit more obvious to me and and i'm not giving you the whole because thing i'm not setting you up for a, a punchline here who was not at ringside last night edge so when the fearless leader is not around, the the uh, the, um, the the group is not as strong as it is. That should have been the story being told. And maybe before the pay per view, we see Edge, you know, admonish Rhea for losing the match because he wasn't there, and says, "Now, now today, you have to make up for it. You have to redeem yourself." That's the that's the only story I can see. Otherwise, I'm just going to go to because and Liv needed a win, and it's fifty fifty booking, and we just needed to get something, uh, the you know, uh, for Judgment Day this week on TV. Moving forward, nobody's going to remember. Yeah, whatever. And bully, I love what you just said because I wish they would have said that on commentary last exactly. night. Exactly. Like if they would have said, you know, Edge is not here, and you know, Edge is their leader, they're lost. 
without their leader. Look what happened. They, you know, Rhea loses. This is crazy. I wish they would have emphasized on that last night because that would have made sense. The other thing is, if if I'm the WWE, I have the Judgment Day. Just beat the hell out of that team on Sunday. Why? Because that team beat the hell out of the Judgment Day last night. They controlled. Man, you would have thought they were heels. They win the match, and then they beat the hell out of Damian Priest. It was three against one on Damian Priest last night. That's not usually what you see from your babyface team, but you saw that with Finn and AJ and Liv Morgan. Just all three of them beating the hell out of Damian Priest. With Edge back on Sunday, I would have the Judgment Jay just squash them at Hell in a Cell. That ain't going to happen. You're not going to get a squash match. You can't squash Finn, Liv, and AJ. Just it, It's not happening. But the story that can be told is because Edge was not there, that led to Liv, uh, to Rhea losing. Because Edge was not there, the fearless leader of the Judgment Day, the founder of the Judgment Day, is why the Judgment Day got beat down. And much like you, I would have loved to hear that acknowledgement from the announce team last night. If they pick it up this week, if they pick it up this week in a package before the pay-per-view starts, okay, fine. But it's really not it really would have worked much better last night. Yeah, and, and maybe we get like some kind of promo earlier on in Hell in a Cell with Edge talking to Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley, questioning them about what took place on Monday Night Raw. As a matter of fact, Bully, I'm almost sure they're going to probably do something like that on Sunday. And I'm, and I'm going to say this again, and I've been saying it a lot, especially over the last few weeks. I wasn't buying in to Edge and this new change in character. It just wasn't working for me. Man, now that we have this complete package of Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley with Edge, I love it. And I'm really looking forward to this match at Hell in a Cell. I do love the Judgment Day together. I do not love the business that was done last night. Even if they would have told me that, uh, even if they would have said on commentary that the Judgment Day is not as strong with Edge not around, I would never beat them this early on. I wouldn't beat any of them this early on. They should be a force to reckon with within the WWE. They should be a force to reckon with like they're trying to build Veer into a force to reckon with. Uh, no stable that Edge forms should ever be going out there and losing, despite the fact that they lost because he wasn't around. Just my opinion. Bully, Yeah, maybe, you know what, you have it where Rhea almost loses the match, and that's enough for Edge to question, like, how could Liv even almost beat you on Monday Night Raw? Why not just put Rhea Ripley in there with Nikki A.S.H.? Just have Rhea beat the living hell out of Nikki A.S.H. You're building towards some kind of story with Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H. anyway. Dewdrop lost last night. Have Nikki A.S.H. lose and just have, because there is something going on between those two. Or somebody that Rhea Ripley could just run through instead of having her lose to live more. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Neri Bailon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa, Marissa Rivas. Busted 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.